So the pitch for Birthday Tree, um, I guess, would be in, in the kind of like in a parallel sort of universe, in a kind of Alan Moore style, uh, V for Vendetta style way. Um, uh, the UK, in the UK, uh, there has been like a paradigm shift. Um, the government has kind of fallen and um, a new kind of uh, totalitarian sort of like government has arisen. And that's like the network. And they're essentially like if Netflix was on acid, essentially, and they, you know, and Netflix kind of, or Disney, for example, kind of came together and just basically started ruling the country. Um, so you have this, uh, you have this kind of like um, country that's uh, dictated by uh, entertainment in a kind of way. So it's a little bit, I would say the elevator pitch would be like, it's a bit like The Purge. It's a bit like um, Running Man. It's a bit like, um, you know, 1984. Hello, friends. My name is Steve, and I'm here today with author Anthony Self. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm Fractured good. Tonight. I'm good. In the UK, we've got the uh, Storm Eunice going hard. Um, parts of the O2 are falling apart. But um, apart from that, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the more and more that, because, uh, you know, we, we, last time we, we talked, Birthday Treat, your book, Birthday Treat, wasn't released yet. Yeah. And uh, so... <laughs> I wonder whenever I see bet, you know, this crazy stuff happening on the news, I'm like, the birthday treat is, is going to happen. We're on our way. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a strange one because like um a couple of years ago, like when the, the seed of the idea came in for birthday treat, uh, I think my friend and I were just you know, when you have those conversations when you're in a pub or whatever sort of thing and you're talking about like um, you know, uh if you had a superpower, what would it be? Um I was talking to a friend and this was the 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 actual seed of the idea of birthday treat was like you know if you committed any crime um and you could get away with it what crime would you commit um and you you know you go from like you know robbing banks to do this do that whatever sort of thing and that's that was the original kind of concept of birthday treat it was essentially like um if you could do anything um and get away with it like what would you do um and it's it's that was like i mean that was about four four five years ago now i think um and so much has happened since then so many crazy things in the real world um you know a pandemic uh people in power like stuff like this it's just like it's it's beyond ridiculous and i think that's for a strength for the book that's what kind of makes it work because like this could possibly in the realms of uh happening you know so yeah it's a it's a weird one um it's a strange one but uh I'm always I'm beguiled by the strange and the um, the eerie and the unknown. So yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> really bonkers. And it's uh, you know as I was reading Birthday Treat between the chapters, and I'll try and be as non-spoiler as possible. But between the chapters, there are like social media posts uh, of people talk of, and it's it's what you would hear people say on or you you've already heard people say or read people say. And uh, there are some other ones like these reality TV shows that. I actually gave me a pause and said, "Is this is this a real thing?" Because I've I just could have sworn I've heard of some of these ideas for these reality shows. But yeah, I, I was. Where did those come from? Did you just make those up in your mind, or? So yeah, so um, as part of the so in between each chapter, there's like a kind of um, almost like a a gimlet of like a, a kind of social atmosphere or what's going on, and with 
you know, social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want to, whatever kind of platform that you have, there's always so much like <laughs> weird stuff going on. Um, but my, my, the main, uh, uh, um, sort of uh um encouragement there was like from the running man like you know like the like robocop do you remember robocop like where paul verhoeven's like <laughs> at the start where it was like all these kind of like broadcasts and like you know we can fix your heart with this like you know thing that they have i was always uh inspired by those uh type of like infomercial sort of segues um and then when you have like the two reporters in like for, for example robocop and they're like talking about like um you know this uh you know nuclear holocaust thing but then and now another news, and then they yeah. go into like the the th I, that that stuff always intrigued me. And then, like, say with the Running Man, like um, you had like um, with the film as as well as the Stephen King book sort of thing, but like with the film in particular, you had those kind of instances where it was like you know uh, climbing for cash and stuff like that, and you had this gas and dogs at the bottom. That stuff was always just um, that <laughs> it just really uh, uh, um, kind of um, made me made me made me laugh basically so i thought like if i can put this in like in sub chapters um to kind of expand the world of birthday treat so it kind of like without having to go into too much depth of uh the narrative because basically in the book you have like three main characters and i knew like to begin with like this could be a kind of hefty book so i kind of wanted to kind of do a kind of world building in between that wasn't like in your face but it kind of showcased what was going on in the world if that makes sense so once again going back to like what you we were saying like you know in in real world times crazy things going on <laughs> uh in this world um i just thought like you know if you have that kind of social media feed if you have like these twitter like people talking about um the kind of birthday treat this alice for example who's going on the run um you know that that would be like the kind of hashtag find Alice and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it was, I, I just thought it would be a little kind of um, a little crux of the well building, um, but also at the same time, uh, not be too disparaging. Like you could, you could read that kind of like in between the chapters, there's just a little nugget of information that kind of just makes you feel a bit more uh, embroiled in the world of uh, birthday treat. Yeah. And uh, before I, I wanted to, I want to ask you about, I want to just give a, a summary for those who aren't familiar with Birthday Treat, because they might be wondering what the hell are they talking about. But before we get into that, there's a mug, because you mentioned Robocop. There's a mug that I, I, I don't know why I haven't bought it yet, but it's a, it's just a little mug that says, remember when Robocop shot that guy in the dick? <laughs> it's, it's the, I don't know why I don't own that mug. It's awesome. But but anyway. You should get it, man. You yeah. should get it. Definitely. I, know. Yeah. I don't know why I don't have it yet. Like, it's it'd be great. It'd be great. <laughs> It's just the best mug. I don't know why I don't own it. But so for those people who aren't familiar with birthday treat, because uh, I mean, they might be wondering what what are they talking about about birthday treats. So uh, what's the the pitch for a birthday treat? So the pitch for birthday treat, um, I guess, would be in the kind of like in a parallel sort of universe, in a kind of Alan Moore style, uh, V for Vendetta style way. Um, uh, the UK in the UK, uh, there has been like a paradigm shift. Um, the government has kind of fallen and um, a new kind of uh, totalitarian sort of like government has arisen and that's like the network. And they're essentially like if Netflix was on acid, essentially, and they, you know, and Netflix kind of, or Disney, for example, kind of came together and just basically started ruling the country. Um, so you have this, uh, you have this kind of like um, country 
that's uh, dictated by uh, entertainment in a kind of way. So it's a little bit, I would say the elevated pitch would be like, it's a bit like The Purge. It's a bit like um, Running Man. It's a bit like, um, you know, 1984. Um, it's dystopian in nature. Um, you have these, basically this network has come into power. So you have essentially, um, there's been looting, there's been rioting um, and to quell the, the, the discourse, if you will, um the network have basically pitched this kind of idea where it's like you know at some point in your life maybe it's like a lottery um when it's your birthday um you get your birthday treat which basically means you can commit any crime whatever you want um within certain paradigms yeah. sort of thing but like um and there's no there's no consequence um so you basically uh you you could be like your 30th birthday and like you wake up and like there's these agents at the door and they give you this boiler suit and you wear this boiler suit and then you can commit any crime without consequence so you could go like if you have like a boss that you really hate you could go kill that boss um and then the next day you could go back into work and it'd be like hey everyone knows what's what's happened but like you know that's your treat um also at the same time uh there's like this kind of underground movement uh that wants to kind of quell this kind of stuff they don't like the whole aspects of like um this totalitarian government sort of like taking charge um then you've got this everyday man called george who's just like going through the mill um uh you've got this like uh um sort of uh person alice who's like trying to break against everything there and you have this like network agent who's going to kind of uh find her because alice is basically forgot like basically uh if you decide not to take your birthday treat because it's once again, it's a diplomatic country that we live in. Um, if you decide <laughs> not to take your birthday treat, that's fine. You don't have to. But then you get entered into this kind of reality style TV game, uh, which basically means that you're on the run. It's like Hunted, essentially, um, if anyone's familiar with uh, Hunted in the UK. Like you go on the run for like five days. If you if you survive five days without being caught by network agents or the public, then you win like, um, you know, like a lottery type of thing. You win like 500,000 pounds or five million pounds or whatever it may be sort of thing. Uh, but it's very difficult. No one's well, one person has has survived uh, that. Um, <laughs> but there's there's yeah, it, it kind of goes into the the kind of intrigue of that. So that's yeah, it's very, very densely um, thing. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's that's the, the pitch, I guess. Yeah, I was really surprised that you you went into so much detail with the world because you could you could have just kind of glazed over a lot of the details, but you went really really deep into it. So I was impressed with with how how deep you went into it. And there was a lot of things that I think people could have taken out of it and said, "This doesn't make sense because this would happen." But all those anything I can think of was there was an explanation for everything that would make me question or make me think that something doesn't make sense. It's a hard one because that was, yeah, I'm one of those kind of people that, so I had like, um, obviously in the kind of beta phase of when I was doing this, uh, I was talking to a lot of friends and basically saying like, you know, what do you think of this idea? Is this any good? Uh, I don't know. And a lot of people then came back to me and were like saying like, but what about this? What about that? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm one of those kind of people, I like to kind of fill in details, but I don't want to overwhelm as well sort of thing. So it's that fine line of like saying, welcome into this world and you know uh, people read it and i hope that that i've done the job in terms of saying hey uh if you can believe in this world that's that's all i that's all i ask for um essentially though if you start to question it too much 
like anything, it's going to kind of fall apart. And I, you know, I'm going to hold my hands up. And there's a lot of kind of probably plot holes that are in the book. <laughs> you know, that's my own fault. But like, um, I was trying to sort of, as I was writing, I was like trying to sort of gauge kind of levels. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. And uh, there was a point where I was like, if I do this too much, I'm, I'm, I'm just never going to end because it could go on for so long. It could be like, you know, what about this rule? What about that rule? What about this? What about that? you have to leave a little bit of ambiguity sort of like in terms of um, suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think already like the, 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 um, the kind of world is already a little bit fantastical. Um, so if people are reading it and if you get to a kind of point where it's like, well, this just isn't realistic, then I've lost you. And I, then I haven't done my job properly sort of thing. But also at the same time, you're reading it and you think, actually, I'm getting caught up in it and you're getting intrigued by it and stuff. Then, then, uh, then good, good times. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you know when to, to drop those little bits of information in? Like, how, how do you know when to, how to kind of fill those gaps that the reader might have in their head or be wondering about it? How do you know when to drop those in? It's a good question. Um, well, so for example, um, I always knew I always knew there was going to be like a three. It was going to be like a three main character arc sort of thing. I wanted George to be the the kind of everyday man who's going through this thing, and I wanted his perspective, his POV, to be like what you would a normal person in this reality would be kind of doing. Um, Alice was like the rebellious one. She was the one who was going to be like the action orientated chapters. So for example, she's like foregone her birthday treat. So therefore she's on the run. So I knew that like hers, her storyline, her arc was going to be more action packed, if you will. Uh, and then with, uh, agent Kavanagh, like he was going to be like the, the, the kind of antagonist, like trying to kind of like, uh, you know, get all the loose ends together sort of thing. And like, combine it all together so in that respect it was uh yeah i think i just had like a my main kind of point was like here's i i don't know how other writers um plot their kind of thread usually for me i have like a seed of an idea and then from that i i kind of germinate towards other things uh there might be you know it's like if you have like a sieve and like you you kind of put things in the sieve and like things will shake out there's a lot of times when I have ideas like, oh, this could be good. And then it just it doesn't go anywhere. Um, other times it might be, well, this could work within this world. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a lot of um, to and froing in that regards. Uh, but then at the end of the day, I was like, look, I, we need to, you know, you need you need to have this happen. You need to get to point B to C to D, et cetera, et cetera. Um, whilst also trying to establish these kind of like uh characters that you want the 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 reader to empathize with like i wanted george i wanted george to be like that everyday man who you could see yourself um being in a kind of situation so he has he has fantasies of he has flights of fancy there are certain points in the novel where he feels like he could be like a kind of superhero type of character when there are certain things but then he doesn't do anything because that's what you would do uh, there's one scene in particular, like at the very beginning, where he's in a uh, he's at a, a train station, and um, uh, uh, someone who has their birthday treat comes in to the train station, and he has this kind of fantasy of like what he would do, but then it turns out that like you know he's just standing like everyone else, like sheep sheeple type people, and he's like just watching it as it goes because it's become it's become so um, normal 
mm-hmm. like the everyday normal. Like we, we talk about like the pandemic sort of thing, like, you know, uh, you know, for two and a half years now, this is the new normal. And this is the whole point with birthday treat. Like this is the, the fascinating thing I think about it as well, because it's not too, at the time when I started writing it, I thought it was quite fantastical, but now it's like, actually, um, when people accept the new norm, then it becomes normal. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because I, I thought too, that some, a, a book like this, you could have gone, you could have been heavy handed with the kind of the themes of the, but you wrote that line pretty good where it, it could, you know, there, there are things to pick up on, but you can just enjoy it for what it is and not feel like you're being, you know, banged over the head with some type of message or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. I do. I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get political. I'm not a political person uh, per se, like in terms of um, I, you know, there's an agenda and like, listen, a lot of writers have a lot of agendas. A lot of writers want to sort of portray a message. I, I didn't want to do that at all. Um, I wanted to kind of like just sort of throw it out there. I, I was more kind of character driven. I was more like, you know, this is the kind of setting. Um, this is just what's happening. This is how people are dealing with it sort of thing. Um, you know, if people uh, read it and sort of like come up with, you know, their own basis or anything like that, then then great. That's fantastic in my uh, experience. But like, but no, there, there was no, there was no like agenda as such. Mm-hmm. There was no like, um, I'm, I'm coming out to kind of write this message or anything like that because I always feel like you look at Hollywood these days and like you look at the you look at the kind of uh stuff that they're doing it's like there's such an agenda there and it's like oh man it's not good Ugh. and you can see it people are people are sort of voting with their feet people aren't going to the Mars to watch certain films by certain companies because they know that like there's a, a message that they want to show and it's like when you kind of hammer it home, it's, it's mm. too much. So mm. yeah, I'm, I'm actually okay with the message. Even if, even if I don't agree with it, I'm okay with it as long as the story comes first. But if, if, yeah, a, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, if it's done, if it's done in the kind of way of, um, I'm just thinking of, uh, something in particular, um, like the book of Boba Fett, for example, I'm, I'm going Star Wars. I'm going to go like Disney and Star Wars at the moment. Um, like they, I watch. I don't know if you've watched the series. Um, no. so sort of think like um, it's you've taken this kind of nostalgic character, and this is the thing that you know Disney are very. They want to yeah. play to your nostalgia, sort of thing. So they'll take these legacy characters, um, and like with Boba Fett, sort of thing. For example, they've made him into so in in the, the original trilogy, he was like this kind of badass, cold ass assassin. And now he's like this kind of, um, no, I just want to make everyone happy sort of thing. And mm. in a kind of weird way, he's become like a, a, a pale imitation of his original self, if that makes sense. Um, like, I, yeah, it's, mm. It, mm, it's, it's a shaky ground kind of walk on. But um, at the same time, um, yeah, I, I think with the birthday trick, for example, it's new IP in that respect. Um, Maybe I should give that to Netflix and see what they say and see if they uh, want to do something with it. It would make a perfect series. I know that, but they should. I, I would like, I, yeah. I mean, if you've seen like um, Dennis Ke- uh, uh, Utopia, not the American version, the UK version. Um, oh, oh, that's mm, just, it's, it's so good. Sublime. I love really? Utopia. Yeah. Oh. You should check. Like there was the, they, they did the remake um, recently, the American remake of Utopia, which I think was with, um, 
what what's uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, the woman. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. They basically did like an, an American uh, remake of the British uh, Dennis Kelly one, and it. I watched about two episodes, and I couldn't watch any more because it was a travesty. Um, if you want to watch a really good sort of dystopian, funny, but also like now with pandemic, it, like it's it's there's a really <laughs> there's a really good message um, in terms of like um, utopia. Watch the the UK version, definitely. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I think I found the John Cusack is in it in the American version. That's the, that's the remake one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't watch that. Oh yeah. <laughs> why didn't Why didn't they turn Jabba the Hutt into a, a friendly, the friendly neighborhood fat guy? Isn't wouldn't that be great if they just made Jabba the Hutt into a into a hero and wants to make everybody happy? But that's the thing. Be. Like, if this is this is where we're going to now. Like, you you you're you're, you're bringing characters that have like have you know from thirty years ago have had a particular sort of way about them. And then they've changed characters. I remember like watching the the new Star Wars, uh, uh, not the prequels, the the new ones with like Kylo Ren and stuff like that. And it was just like with, the, there was that whole thing with Luke Skywalker, like making him like this carmogeny sort of like old man who's like regrets and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. And it's it's interesting because like you would think that like you know this guy who's you know uh, trained all these uh, Jedi sort of thing and uh, from his uh, Ben Kenobi like and all that kind of stuff whatever sort of thing like it's it, it's it's yeah it's it's just there seems to be this kind of thing in Hollywood now of like hey we want to we want to ring the nostalgia bell that's how we we're going to get you back to. What's the uh what was the one recently? Um uh, well, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre just been released, right? Um on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but there's a whole thing with um from what I have heard, um they're bringing back the uh I can't remember her name, the character from the first film who survived. And she's like this Laurie Strode type character. So like if you've seen Halloween and Halloween uh uh kills and all that kind of stuff, then you know, it's it. They're they're basically going right. Here's a formula that's working in the horror industry. We're going to bring back some legacy characters, and now you know, just because we bring them back and they're going to be like these badass type things, then it's going to work. It's like that. Sometimes that's not the way it goes. I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen the Halloween. The, the sorry, the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But there's been so many. Uh, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The most uh, the the recent remake with uh, Jessica Bill and stuff like that. And then I think there was something another one as well. And it's just like, well, what are you doing differently? Like, what's I, I love the kind of concept of like this kind of family. I think Resident Evil Seven did it really well. Um, the, the video game sort of thing where they had this kind of Texas Chainsaw type family, and then like every zone you go into is like a kind of like you know you have these different personas of like different people and stuff like that, and it works really well. Um, so you need to kind of just change it up a little bit. There needs to be originality, and I don't think at the moment there's a lot going on there with that. So, yeah. The, the Star Wars movies are tough because, on one hand, I appreciate them taking the chance to transvert expectations, but I think they went a little, little too far. They went, you know, and so it's it's that fine line where you you don't want to just give. In a way, I kind of thought it was like we're not going to give you what you expect, which I admire, but they swung and missed on that one. I think. Yeah. I mean, like with the with the uh, sequels, with the, you know, Ray and stuff like that sort of thing. Um, 
Yeah, they 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 played it safe. Yeah, they played it safe, and it was like <laughs> you need to you need to kind of like um, you know I'm sure George Lucas has a, a archive of like ideas that didn't kind of come to concept that you could like take on and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but um, it didn't really work in that respect. So, but I love, you know, it's one of these kind of weird like Mandalorian. Love the Mandalorian. Um, love that kind of whole like Western sort of like vibe that they kind of gave to it, and that that was something. Here's a new character, and but you're doing this kind of spaghetti western type thing mixed with the sci-fi. I love that. I love that stuff. I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. Um, you got the kind of like you know uh, Baby Grogu, which is like the kind of um, uh, what's it? Uh, not seven seven. The, the samurai film sort of thing that's like based on sort of thing where it's like you know the child and the pram and stuff like that. Great, fantastic. You know you have to have inspiration. Like there's no. There's no, I'm sure, Steve, like you probably uh, interviewed so many people on this channel sort of thing where the inspiration for something has come from someone. And listen, at the end of the day, still take out like, you know, take ownership of something, but make it make it something new. That's what I like. That's what I like about um, you can take a concept of anything and you can make it new. Like how many people have like, you know, the vampire, like, you know, I've got this poster, Nosferatu and, you know, the old thing, but like the vampire sort of thing. <clears throat> You can you there's so many new ways of like doing that kind of thing, the werewolf thing. You can do that. Um, Twilight Zone sort of stuff. There's so many different things that you can the uh, that you can take and mold, but then you have to make it new because audiences now are like so clued up about everything. Um, mm -hmm. so you have to you have to kind of like um make your own kind of ground and i think it's a, it's an odd one as well because at the same time you have this kind of like you know hollywood for example we're talking about movies again sort of thing but like uh, they're so adverse as like taking on new ips and like new ideas because it might not work okay fine fair enough there's this there's an argument that could be had about like uh taking existing ips of like different things like look at the predator for example and there's a new predator film coming out which is meant to be like about um the first predator that comes to earth and it's like mm -hmm. tribal sort of like um you know uh people going on there i'm looking at it, i'm going ah i don't know i don't I, I don't know because like as much as you know my heart is in the original predator sort of thing um with just a, a bunch of commandos in the jungle you know but you look at it now with 2022 eyes and it's like, well, here's a bunch of like jacked up steroid men in the jungle. And it's like, that's not, that's not the kind of thing that's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a weird one because there's so many different um, aspects to look at now. Uh, even the like alien franchise, for example, alien Colvin wasn't, wasn't great. Um, but I'm hoping for like the last film that will set covenant, to the original alien and bring it all together i'm hoping really scott does that because i'm you know i'm a, I'm a fan of the franchise so uh it's, it, it, there's always that kind of thing i think the older you get the jd you get sort of thing but um <laughs> also at the same time um yeah bring us something new bring something exciting I'm, I'm not too thrilled about the new alien tv series that's being planned though do you have you heard about that one yeah um i'm <sighs> I'm in two minds, I'll be honest, because I like the fact that there it's going to be more about the company and like what's going on. I'd be intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. And I believe the writer is Drew uh um uh what's his name? Drew uh from uh, um Fargo. 
yeah yeah good good i'm i'm sort of like i'm sitting on like i'm, I'm sitting doing this going hmm <laughs> let you know um i think i think you have to be this is the whole thing now because like once again it's like any kind of like uh old age kind of boogeyman type character like freddy krueger jason Voorhees, mike Myers, you know mike myers <laughs> not mike myers um but like uh, any kind of like boogeyman character from the 80s there is a kind of um it's i think really scott even said this as well it's like you know the, the beast is done like yeah hr geiger alien is now like it's it's so cultivated in our culture now like it's not scary anymore so you need to you need to bring something else to the table and i could see that was what they were trying to do with prometheus and with covenant and stuff like that but also at the same time with a series um you it's i think this series is going to be more like sort of succession in a kind of way if that makes sense so it's going to be like Wayland Utani. Like we've never re- like we've always seen like Wayland Utani as like the, the company that is like the bad company. And I'm always interested in like they've never in, even like with like Dark Horse comics, um, now Marvel sort of thing, but like um even with the comics, there, there was never like a really we never really found out about Wayland Utani. And I'm I'm interested, I'm I'm really intrigued by the company and like finding out more about the company um as opposed to just having a kind of people in space and there's an alien running around sort of thing so that is the part that interests me the other part though that i'm a little bit concerned about is how yeah how are you going to get the kind of mixture of like tension um is this going to be like a horror thing is this going to be you know like a kind of i I'm, i'm i'm just i don't know what they're pitching it as does that make sense yeah i think well, I have two concerns. The first one is I'm not sure that well, it's going to screw up the timeline because I'm, you know, it's it's not going to make any sense. Mm-hmm. And on the, on the other hand, because you mentioned the Utani Corporation or the Wayland Utani, and as you were as you were saying that, I thought before Prometheus, I, everyone we always wondered where where is the space jockey from? I want to know what where where is this being from? And when we found out, it's like I wish I didn't. I wish I never knew. Yeah, I was just I'd say like, don't, don't, like there are so many things it was like when when you when we uh, in the original alien when you saw the space jockey it was like what what is this thing what is this creep what is we don't know like and there's sometimes where ambiguity like it, it, it's better to not know when you have to explain things like the boogeyman in that respect is like it loses an impact so hmm. yeah I agree with you I agree with you on that like I don't know don't know where they can go sort of thing i'll be intrigued by it but um also at the same time i don't know <sighs> yeah i think certain franchises are done and they should leave them now and it should be like there should be something new like as you said like looking back at like the 80s um you have like freddy krueger you have like uh, jason Voorhees, you have the alien you have the predator in the last five years steve like, can you think of any new like boogeyman type character that you've actually gone like, wow, this is really good. Hmm, that's a good question. You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's got to be some. I'll think of something. There's got to be some boogeyman or creature. What about you? Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
I can't think. Nothing comes to mind. I think of, but there's there's been um, there's been certain. Uh, I like things like, for example, um, it's not like a boogeyman type character, but like you know the uh, like the saw like series, but like uh, mm. was it Escape Room? I like the the Escape Room films that they've done recently. Uh, but that's not like a boogeyman character. Yeah, boogeyman character. No, there hasn't. I mean, that's what I mean. There has to be like there. There must be like new, like a new. In the twenty twenties, there has to be like these new boogeyman type characters. If you would have, if you would have asked me this like two years ago, I may have said the nun, or the oh, like the, the Conjuring Link. series. Yeah, yeah. But they really, they really screwed that movie up. But yeah, really I nice think <laughs> I think that was just a Bloomhouse like friendship. Like they were like, we're on something good here. With the was it was the Conjuring, wasn't it? And then they sort of had the uh, Annabelle and the Nun, and um, what was the other one? Um, uh, there's another one they're making, the yeah, Ben Man or something like that. Yeah, and I listen, I enjoy those films, um, but also at the same time, it's personally, it's not I'm my type of horror, yeah. like, um, I always I prefer the kind of like psychological kind of I recently watched The Empty Man, for example. I don't know if you've seen The Empty Man. I have. That's an interesting yeah. movie. It's an interesting one. Yeah. It's not how would you how would you kind of put that? Because it's not like it's I love the kind of concept and I love the first like uh the first part where they're in the Himalayas and stuff like that, and the people are like, and there's this like and it was a very I will be uh, me and my girlfriend sort of thing. We were watching it and it was late and we had a few drinks sort of thing. So at the part uh, by the end, I was like going, what is going on? I, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what's going on, but I like what's going on. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I'm not, I don't know what's going on, but I kind of like where it's going kind of thing. She was like, no, it is, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. She's like, you know, she wants to be more like, just have a, I, there's this thing that's coming after you. Da, da, da. but there's some really good shots like you know in the bridge and like you have this kind of like darkness and like you see the sounds in terms of like uh that I, I i do love the kind of whole like tension building um and even with the empty man it's it kind of has this kind of creepy pasta vibe to it where it's like you know like where slender man like originally came from terms like that sort of thing um and listen, uh, even uh, the kind of creepy pasta sort of stuff has a lot of things going for it. Like we're talking about boogeyman, like you have Siren Head, you've got Slender Man, but you have these new characters that have like come out from like just people like just basically like writing and saying like this is this is a new beast, a new thing. And I love that. I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think the Empty Man is almost like three movies in one because it's the first part, and then it totally shifts gears, and then it's almost yeah. like a like a teenage slasher for a little bit and then it goes into the psychological yeah you know just really really different movie it is a, it's a, it's a it kind of yeah weirdly i'd say weirdly paced and i think that's where it might lose a few people uh it's a very slow burny sort of film but i love the sort of slow burny films like um uh what's it uh, andrew tchaikovsky like that like stalker and um they're very slow burn films but also very philosophical and um you know uh question i love films that you can like when you i love films where i can like leave the cinema with my friends and like we go to a pub and then we start we just talk about it that's the best kind of film you can ever have the worst film is like coming out and going like that was dog shit but i 
nothing to say about that. I love the films where you can come out of it and go like, what? Like, what happened here? And like, was this this thing? Because everyone has their own opinions and stuff. And that's what I love about that as well. It's like, you can, I could, I, there's so many times where I've been like, oh, okay, I can see what's happened here. And then someone will say something to me like, but what about this? And I was like, oh, that blew my, yeah, that's, that's now changed my perspective on everything. You know, those type of, I love that. I love that in cinema. And I love it. It's great. Definitely. Have you seen the house that Jack built? I have not, but I do want to see it. It's one of those ones that, you know, you get that film where it's like on the radar and it's like, uh, what's his name? Um, I know. Uh, the director? Yeah. yeah um, Von Trier or Von Yeah, it, it's one of those films that has been like, I need to see it. Um, and I've been told, I, I've heard a lot of stuff about it, uh, <laughs> but I have not yet seen it. So, yeah. That's an interesting You recommend one. it? Uh, it is if you want if you want a conversation after a movie then that's one to check out. It is it is pretty disturbing, but I've read Birthday Treat, you can handle it. <laughs> if you've read Birthday Treat, you can handle everything afterwards. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was surprised how funny Birthday Treat is. I definitely saw your humor your humor in, in the book. I didn't expect it to be so funny. Well, thank you. Uh yeah, there was um I I've, <laughs> I, I think my when I was writing it, I was like, this is kind of like a ludicrous thing going on. So there has to be that kind of humor. And I do want to make, I do want, I do want it to be like too um, uh, abrasive. I didn't want the humor to be like too like in your face, but I wanted to be like, um, maybe this is a British thing. I don't know, but I just wanted to be this underlying sort of like, not sarcastic, but like, an underlying sort of humoristic sort of vibe to it as well. So there is that. Hopefully, I, I'm 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 glad you said that, man. That's 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 it's really nice. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's more of a of a dark kind of droll humor, but I I really dug oh, it. Oh yeah, I have a very dry sense of humor. I think, um, and I love you know I, I I mentioned earlier that you know there's <laughs> there's these uh, there's a storm going on apparently at the moment sort of thing and. I, uh, there are a lot of people, there's a lot of videos going around at the moment with just people falling down because they're just like walking, they're trying to walk and they're doing this like, oh, 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 oh they fall down. They're, I have a very kind of um, base reptilian sort of humor when it comes to like people falling over. I'm gonna say it. But also at the same time, um, I love the kind of dry wit of like, um, uh, you know, and, uh, a lot of like, um, authors that are like just dry humor. I like, I, yeah, that's, I tried to kind of like put that in there, um, but not too much. It, it like breaks from the actual, from what's going on. So, yeah. yeah, I think a story like this almost needs a little bit, just, a, you know, enough humor to, yeah, to a break bit. it. Yeah. yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so how is this, what has this experience been like for you? Cause this, it was your first novel, right? That you released. Yeah. So, um, I originally um, uh, started this, as I said, about I think three, four years ago, and it was a long process because uh, at my heart, I'm an apathetic, lazy person. So uh, it took a while to kind of get the ideas down pat and um, put it all together. But I think once I had my idea of um, where it was going, it kind of picked up pace. 
And then obviously the pandemic happened. And I was like, well, I'm at home a lot now, so I can write a lot more. And that's where the kind of main part of it kind of came through. Um, funny enough, like um, I have not now uh, that that's happened, I've got an anthology that's going to be coming out in the next couple of months, short stories, uh, because myself and two friends, Ross uh, and Tom, we uh, we were doing Zoom calls uh, every week. We wanted to kind of try and keep our creative juices flowing, essentially. So what we would do is like we would um, every week we would come together and we would um, give each other a title, uh, like a like whatever you know we'd uh, choose a title each of us, and then like the next week we'd come back with a short story, um, and then through that through that kind of process um i now have like an anthology so i have my next anthology ready to go i'm just kind of going through it at the moment editing it and stuff like that and it's a it's a bit weird um some stories will be uh, it's that weird thing like so birthday treat i would i would call a dystopian uh thriller i don't know a dystopian novel uh, birthday, uh, sorry, um, the next one I've got is going to be called Catbox. It's like an anthology, but it's it's very different. Like some of the stories are lighthearted. Some of them are quite surreal. Some of them are very kind of Twilight Zone. Some of them are, you know, just just stories of things. Um, and I know sometimes trying to pigeonhole that into a thing is, is a bit weird. So we'll see how it goes. But then I, I also have another, uh, my next novel that I have an idea for that I'm going to be doing uh yeah is more horror based so it's going to be a horror hmm. when are we getting the follow-up be- <laughs> um well so there's, there's leave me hanging like this ah uh, well we'll see what happens like um certain people have turned around to me and said like oh you, you could do a sequel to this and i was like yeah i could but um i don't know i all right steve where do you where do you think it would go where do you think that after the end of things like uh where do you think people could there is a character i won't spoil it for people who haven't read it but there is a character one of the three main ones i've spoken about like who i've left it ambiguous whether they're alive or not yeah yeah i want to in a way i want to know but in a way i don't want to just like we we're talking about so yeah. in a way it keeps you thinking I do you have an idea of a sequel but I don't know. It, it, you know, like, do you remember, um, like, Mad Max uh, 3, Beyond Thunderdrome? I think it would go along those lines. Like, basically, society is broken down completely. And it's like a kind of um, dog-eat-dog world sort of thing. That's where I'm thinking. If a sequel would happen. You know, you can I, even... I'm not, not that I'm... You know, I'm just, I'm, just per, I'm just a guy who likes to read books. I have no idea yeah. about any other stuff. But, you know, I, I do see lots of stories in this world so you could even do like a short story anthology based in this world yeah i to be honest until you just said that i didn't really think of anything like that but um Hmm. it's interesting lots of different perspectives that could you know stories to be told from from the network or from just regular old joes or from agents or you know i like that People on their birthday treat, what they decide to do or or not. Hmm. I would, I mean, I would like to sort of explore more of that because once again, like, there's a lot of different things going on in the book, sort of thing. So I didn't want to like hang on onto one too many things, but um, there could be, yeah. Hmm. 
don't put ideas in my head, Steve. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just like I'll go away and like you know yeah. And we'll see. Your... I, I think my where my head is at the moment is um, I'm doing going to do this horror novel, and then after that, we'll see. It might be one of those kind of seeds that gets put in again, and we'll see if there's another idea then, or if you know. If there's if there's people that read the book and they like it and they they're thinking of like different things then yeah, I'd I'd love I would I would love to be like a branch now, um, having different uh, areas of like you know, being in the kind of the network and like seeing how it actually gets birthday treats get put across, um, people who resist against it who want to you know yeah, hmm. interesting, mm-hmm. yeah, lots of stories there. And if, if you can go back, if you could go back and talk to yourself at this time last year, let's just say, what, yeah. what advice would you give yourself about the, about the book or just the public, you know, uh, publishing it or whatever it may be, what, what's a tip you would give yourself? Um, I think the advice I would give, uh, to a younger version of myself would be, uh, don't think too much about what you're doing just do it um there's a lot of um i think a lot of people who write for example uh doubt themselves mm-hmm. um i think a lot of people kind of think to themselves like well this isn't any good um what i'm writing is complete dog shit sort of thing um don't do that just do it um there's a lot of books that i've read that i you know you, you, there's that kind of weird thing of like you read something and you think, um, oh, I'm, I, I was really looking forward to this. And you get disappointed because the writing, whether the technicality version of it sort of thing or the uh, story arc of it just doesn't grab you. Um, and you're like, well, I could, I could, I could do this. <laughs> Why not? Um, so, yeah, it's that, it's that, it's that weird thing of um, there's a lot of, you know, um, I would say like uh don't worry about it's not hubris as such it's, it's not pride it's, it's more of a kind of case of like don't worry about whatever happens like for example i don't have an agent i don't have you know i i self-published um uh birthday tree and that's only because of the fact that um once again i said i'm an apathetic lazy person and i, I could i could sort of send off uh you know um cover letters to like people and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day i was like Listen, I just I just like to write. I love to write. And at the end of the day, like if I have this story and it's if it, it, it's conceived, if it's written well and it's edited and everything like that, then fine. Uh then fuck it, I'll publish it, sort of thing. So that's what I did. Um and there's I think there's a lot of people probably in that kind of position where they're like questioning themselves. And they're like saying to themselves, like, well, this isn't good. Uh, this is I'm gonna shelve this, I'm gonna put this on the don't do it. Fuck it. What's the worst can happen? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do wonder, uh, hearing your answer, I, I do wonder how much of that doubt is because writing is such a solitary experience. Um, it's day to day though, isn't it? That's the yeah. thing. I think like you can have, I've, I've had days where I'll be like, like I'm in a writing mood and I'll sit there and I can be there for like, two, three, four, five hours, whatever it may be. Um, and from that two, four, five hours, I could either accomplish 
a thousand words or two thousand words or three thousand words or four thousand or five or six or whatever sort of thing whether it may be uh, other times i might be like um like very imposter syndrome and be like no uh there's no point there's no point doing this ah. it's a it's a very it's a day-to-day thing i'm not saying like um uh i'm gonna go into like mental health and stuff like that i don't personally i i i, I you know everyone has their own ways of working um some people have like a routine i think there was a there was a um there was a guardian uh article that i read about this woman who uh was quite fascinating she chose certain authors and their routines of how they did how they wrote uh so for example you have like um you know this one person who wakes up at like six o'clock in the morning goes for a swim every morning and then at like nine o'clock comes in works for like two hours and then has lunch and then comes back and and then you have this other person who wakes up at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon and then writes for like three, all that kind of stuff it, it's fascinating because at the end of the day i think do what works for you like um you know i'm a person i i think you need to have a kind of structured regime to a certain extent and i think it works for like um if you have like say you have like a family of like you've got like three kids um and you know that like time is precious in that kind of respect because obviously you know in the mornings it's like getting the kids up and da, 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 getting to school and that kind of stuff and then you've got work most people are going to have like a nine to five sort of job so then you come back and then you've got to have dinner and stuff like that and make sure that la 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 so really your time is limited so i think a lot of people then are more like structured to like look i've got this window this time frame of like maybe 10 to 11 or whatever it may be so i've got an hour that i can do writing boom do it and sometimes you don't want to do that most some you know sometimes you're like i'm not in the mood now i'm knackered i've just had this day but i'm one of those kind of people myself personally um i i'm personally more of a night owl than i am a a kind of day guy so i personally write in the evening as to opposed to like morning and stuff and i hate that because i think i should probably be that person where i wake up at like six o'clock in the morning go like look i could probably write um even if i don't write if i'm just looking at a blank page uh with the cursor just like blinking for three hours I'd rather be like, look, but I'm up at like six or I'm up at seven and I'm there and I'm doing it sort of thing. I'm just not that kind of person because I don't, I'm not a morning person. I'm really not a morning person. So uh, yeah, I'm a night, I'm a night, I'm a night owl in that respect. Yeah. It's, it's as an outsider, cause I'm, you know, just looking at how authors, how they can, how they have to find what works for them and, and they kind of have to get this self-motivation to sit down and to focus because I think they, you know, does self-doubt may come in because they're they're not going into to work or a part of a team where you know joe at work says i'm really good at this i should keep going it's it's all in your head so yeah it's just you it's it's that's the thing like it's it's one of those weird ones where it's it is a self-motivational like you have to motivate yourself and a lot of the time i think a lot of people that's that's where a lot of people um have hardships of doing that because unless you set yourself a routine, um, then it can be very unstructured and it can be very like, you know, you know, I have a plan to do this, but 
hey, this happened, that happens, can't do it sort of thing. Um, personally, I would say to anyone who's, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have their own routine, have their own kind of thing going on, so they know how they're going to do stuff. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm, there's no point in me sort of like telling like how your aunt to suck lemons and that kind of stuff. But also at the same time, it's like, well, just kind of do what works for you. Um, if you know you're a morning person, then uh, maybe with your kind of, if you go running in the morning sort of thing, take half an hour off from that and then sit down and just, even if you're, st- the, the, the prime example I would give is like, even if you're going to sit down and you don't have the motivation, but you're just seeing that blinking cursor, something could come from that. You know, whether you're listening to like, you know, your sweet, you know, rock kind of thing going like in the background and stuff like that, or you're just sitting there and going like, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm writing about. Like, you'll find that by just sitting there in front of the the, the blank screen, things will occur. Hmm. I think. Yeah. Speaking of music, do you listen to music while you write or during during your creative process? Um, I I can't listen to um, music with vocals. Hmm. That distracts me. I prefer like. Um, sort of like uh you know uh, um what's the one i'm looking for uh like the the sort of like um like instrumental background sort of music yeah like uh just um oh what's the one i'm looking for um not atmospheric that's not the right word uh, like ambient, um like ambience or ambient music yeah or ambient sort of music like if it and then, yeah, if I'm in a mood for, if I'm writing something that I think is going to be particularly dark or whatever, I'll, I'll look for, you know, sort of um, uh, ambient music, that's like horror music sort of thing, but it's not like, uh, yeah, I, that's, I, I can't, I can't, I want to kind of, I, uh, my head doesn't work that way of like, if I'm writing something and I'm listening to something with words, it just, it jumbles my mind up and I can't, can't do it. Um, I'd rather, I'm one of those kind of people though, that will have like, you know, those kind of like YouTube videos of like seven hours of, uh, crackling music in the fireplace and, you know, uh, uh, rain falling. And that's, that's my, that's my jam. Yeah. That's what I go to. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so interesting to me how everyone has the, you know, some people like to listen to certain types of music while they're writing certain scenes or it's, hmm. it's interesting how, how different minds work with that process it's interesting uh like i think a friend of mine ross jeffrey sort of thing that I've, uh, you've interviewed as well sort of thing like i think he listens to a lot of like you know uh horror type of style ambient sort of music in the background um and uh yeah like um it can be i think it can be quite when you're sort of sitting there and you're like ah oh, i want to want to get this thing and you have these like you know the, the strings going on the, the kind of like trickling strings or the uh, sharp kind of violin sort of you know hits and stuff like that it's very interesting um yeah i don't know it's sometimes uh yeah i i kind of feel i think music does add to the kind of like more the motivation of the writer i guess if you will when you're kind of sitting there and you're like hey i want to oh the beats, the pauses, the dramatic sort of stuff that's going on. It it does, I think it resonates a little bit. I think it helps, uh, definitely. 
Uh, but also at the same time, you don't you don't want music, you don't need music, sort of thing. Like you you know just you just do you sort of thing. So um, yeah. yeah. And speaking of uh, Ross Jeffrey, how was uh how was the Kickstarter doing at Storgy? We we got the Kickstarter, so yeah. So it was um, yeah. We uh, this is our, our final Ferrari, I think. I guess so. We're going to be um, what are we now February. On the 1st of March, we're going to be launching um, our short story competition. Mm. Uh, it's called Return to Shadow Creek. Um, uh, we basically, a couple of years ago, we came up with an idea of like setting this kind of town called Shadow Creek, which was meant to be like a kind of uh, sort of HP Lovecrafty sort of like Innsmouth sort of town, if you will, like a Twilight Zone, a shard of this place of darkness in this kind of like, you know, the world where weird things happen and the whole idea of the the competition was like if so for example steve if you entered the competition what would happen is we would give you a random character a random location and at the last competition was a, la a random uh, uh item and from that you'd have to construct your own short story so we always kind of thought like um we all, you know, with a lot of short stories, you get a lot of like, um, here's the theme. The theme is, you know, Coca-Cola. It's like, all right, okay, yeah. cool. I'll do that, whatever sort of thing. Uh, we wanted to give like more of a, uh, more weight, if you will, sort of thing. So we basically said like, you know, we constructed these kind of character packs. So we had all these kind of characters. So you'd have like the kind of the lighthouse keeper guy, You'd have like the school teacher who maybe harbored a mystery about her sort of thing. You'd have like, um, you know, uh, the sheriff, um, all these kind of like character perks. And then in that character, in that character sheet, if you went on the website, you'd see the kind of character sheets and maybe they'd have like a bit of a dark past. Maybe they'd have like a kind of, um, uh, what you want to call it? Like a, like a, um, a history, like a, like a, um police history like if you commit a crime type of thing um all these things and then uh yeah so that resonated very well with a lot of people i think and then through that we made this anthology called shallow creek um and there wasn't really like a storyline it was like just it was like you know if you see like a twilight zone or a black mirror sort of thing it was like episodic um stories based in this town so we had this anthology and uh, so for this one, we've kind of tried to kind of like meld it a little bit more sort of thing. So there may be a more of a narrative arc now, um, but also at the same time, we want to keep that kind of spontaneity of like having people like enter and give them like a character, give them a location and give them like an instant. So there will be hopefully, and this is the beauty of it, So because we don't know, because um, there's obviously going to be like uh, a lot of different kind of story threads coming through. But we, we're hoping for a kind of narrative arc through this anthology. Um, it might not work. We'll <laughs> see. Uh, it's an experiment, but that's what I love about it. I love the experimentation of it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's hopefully going to be like a really good thing. And uh, we're unveiling that on the 1st of March. So that will be the, the launching of the short story competition. Um, and essentially, uh, there will be like a, a grand, the, the best story, for example, um, there will be like a thousand pounds for the best story. 
Um, and also at the same time, all the stories that we put will be put in an anthology and that will be released. Uh, we'll have that kind of published and everything like that under the Sorgi banner. So yeah, that'll be good. Did you say it's the, it's the farewell? Is that, did I hear you correctly? Well, we, um, in terms of like, so we wanted to get like uh, Arts Council funding for Storgy because like we got to a kind of we got to a kind of point where we were like um we can't physically the three of us like me uh Ross and Tom we've been doing this like for the last like 10 years kind of thing uh you know any money that comes through in Storgy gets put out into Storgy so like with these kind of competitions and stuff like that but it was at a point now where it was like we, we need to kind of like um try and do more so we applied for Arts Council funding in the UK. I don't know, like in America, I don't know if you have like a certain sort of thing that's similar to that sort of thing, but it's essentially like the the, the government will will aid you with X, Y, Z sort of thing. Uh, we put a business plans together sort of thing we spent a long time on, but it got declined. So mm -hmm. that's why we had to go to the Kickstarter sort of fund of it. And it's always funny with Kickstarter because I'm, it's not a good business model, personally, I think. Um, we've done it. This is our third time that we've done it now and we've succeeded in all three times but like um you get to a point where it's like we can't you can't keep on falling back on kickstarter because like these people that are paying money to you know obviously there's pledges there's rewards and stuff like that but personally for myself i i don't like the model of it like you mm -hmm. you know i'd rather have a kind of business formula sort of thing for it and um yeah, so I think this when we do the the, the next competition, uh, we've got a few other books. This Kickstarter also um, relays into some of the other books that stores you're going to be releasing now. So we've got I think two other books now that we're going to be releasing uh, through Kickstarter. Um, thankfully, that we've been able to kind of get the the, the funding for. So we're going to be able to kind of uh, publish two more books uh, from that. Uh, but from that point, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of. It's kind of up in the air in terms of like how we how we go from there as such hmm. what yeah. what other options do you have other than uh something like kickstarter are there other other avenues you can you can try there are different avenues like um we could so i think um from our everything is like a learning experience as well sort of thing so uh i think what we learned is we could apply again to the Arts Council funding, but maybe for a bit less than what we were originally planning for. Uh, because obviously a first time uh, applicant, I think we were probably asking for a bit too much than what a first time applicant would ask for. So that's probably why we got declined, in all mm -hmm. honesty. Um, but also at the same time, yeah, there's, there's different avenues that we can go down. I just think at the moment for me personally, um, now that with Birthday Treat being out, and with this anthology coming out, I kind of think I need to, con I want to concentrate on myself. Mm -hmm. That's going to sound wanky as fuck, but like, uh, that's, you know, um, no, I, I do want to kind of concentrate on that because my role in Storgy was reading a lot of short stories because, um, that's what we did. Like every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we would, uh, uh, we would release a short story mm. and, um, through submittable, we would get hundreds of um, short stories through, and I would be the guy that would read them. And personally, uh, I kind of, I kind of like the fact that I don't have to do that anymore, mm. only because of the fact that the stories were so good, it got to a point where I couldn't, 
there were some really good stories. I felt so bad. I felt like bad having to decline stories. Uh, I don't like having to decline stories. Um, <laughs> but it, it got to a kind of point where I was like, I you know, I, <laughs> I just feel, I feel like a, I feel bad. I feel bad. Like having, someone's put their heart and soul and sweat and tears into the story. And I'm declining it because why? Because it didn't uh, it didn't fit a certain field of what I was looking for. You know what I mean? Um, some of the stories you get through are really technically brilliant. Some of the stories that you just didn't have. The, it was it was a minefield of like um, accepting and denying. You can obviously you read a story and you like wow if it engages you from like A to Z sort of thing or A to Z, um, then great, fantastic. It's done its job. But also at the same time, there were there were so many instances where it was like this is just on the fence of like being great, but there's just something in it, and I didn't have the time to turn around to the person and say like, look, go back, uh, maybe here's my notes because that's the thing as well because there were so many stories coming through, I couldn't I couldn't give like a kind of uh, editorial response in the way that I really wanted to, um, which was crushing to be honest with you because there were so many stories that I declined. Where I've been like, look, and there have been times where I've like written like this kind of like you know page worth of thing, but that would take up like a couple of hours, mm. and it was it's literally timing. Um, if I didn't have a nine to five job, then fair enough, then it'd be fine. But like, uh, unfortunately, it was the case of you you read a story, if it's good, great, fantastic, it's on the thing. If it's maybe a work in progress. Then I'd go back and go like, "Hey, maybe work on this sort of thing. Come back to us when whatever sort of thing. If it's not good, you just glide it." But it got to a point where I was like, "I can't, I can't do it anymore." Sort of thing. So, yeah, I'd rather focus on my own stuff and criticize my own work, really. So, <laughs> on the days that where you did read short stories on, on Monday, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, how many stories did you read every every day? Um, so basically, um, what I would do, my my kind of roll call was like. Um, I would like wait a week, wait for all this, and then I would try to kind of read them on a Monday. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, and it's that weird one because like you, you'd read like a really good story, you'd read like a really good story, and you'd be like, "Oh wow, this is fantastic!" And then you'd read another one, and you'd be like, "Wow, this is this is good as this is great as well." So you sort of like you know ping along and go like, "Oh, this is great, blah blah." But then there were also times you'd, you'd read like three stories in a row that were just like, ah, oh, I can't. After the second page, I can't. Oh, I'm getting bored. Because you have to like, there is a format of the short story format. You have to you have to grip you have to grip that person. And there'd be a lot of stories where, as I said, like may not be like technically great, but the story was really good, and I'd be invested in it. Literally, if you got me from uh, the from the first page to the last page, great, good times. Um, but also at the same time, there were a lot of stories that were just maybe went over my head as well because I'm I'm not. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm like the fucking uh, guy who knows everything about short. I don't. That's cool. You know, I'm still learning myself. Um, but also at the same time, it's uh, you know what works for you like you know i have a, a genre i like but also at the same time i can read a romance story for example like you know i'm not going to dismiss it just because it's a romance story i'm not that kind of person if the story uh, it, it, you know envelops me and engulfs me in it sort of thing then then i'm there definitely 
Um, it just it just came to a kind of point, I think, where it was like uh, I can't personally. I, I just I feel bad having to sort of turn around and sort of like dismiss or de decline a story based on a whimsical like uh, because of this, because of that sort of thing. It's it, it and it kind of crushes yourself as well, like as a, as me as a writer sort of thing. Um, I think to myself like, well, you know, I've entered stories into short competitions and stuff like that, and yeah, I get rejected. Of course, you do, sort of thing. Um, but like at the same time, it's like, well, I know what it's like to to read the the story and have that kind of like thing of like, well, it was, it was just there, but there was something that was just the just not made it what it was. If that makes sense. No, it does. And I'm I'm curious because it, I'm sure there's an explanation for it that I'm just not aware of, but with so many stories that were really, really good, but just didn't fit into what exactly what you're looking for. Could you, or or what would prevent you from just starting another anthology of, of a, of a separate, a, a different anthology that would fit into and release it that way? What, what, how does that work? Well, so we've done, so through Storgy, we, um, so during the pandemic, we, um, we came up with uh, "You Are Not Alone." Uh, I think is actually in the background here. Let me get here. Oh. So this was um, this was an anthology that we did uh, that was basically about uh, during the kind of lockdown. Uh, what we wanted to do was uh, essentially um, bring a lot of different authors together um have a kind of novel that would and all the proceeds would go to charity essentially um and yeah i mean that was that was just a kind of like different that was just a mix of it didn't have to be there was no genre there was no like there was no particular it wasn't sci-fi it wasn't it could be about anything essentially um but the theme was hope isolation da, 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 sort of thing uh, i think a lot of people that were obviously during like you know the first year of lockdown it's so bizarre now to kind of think back to that time where, you know, everyone was like inside and not going out and everything like that. It's it's that weird concept of, you know, just not going out. But like um, through that, where you know, we did an anthology and we did it really quick as well, uh, which was surprising um, because being able to sort of put together like an anthology, get people that would write and then put it together and put it through and get it out there sort of thing to the masses is, 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 was, was really, uh, yeah, actually quite, um, quick in that respect. But then we've also got like, um, annihilation radiation, which is like a kind of, uh, well, annihilation radiation is about like, uh, it's, it, there was like three concepts. It was like before the apocalypse, during the apocalypse, after the apocalypse, so there's like three tangent stories going on there or different stories going on. Uh, so we have a lot of great writers that have like, you know, brought their kind of a game sort of thing to that where you've got like, you know, before the apocalypse happens, uh, which is something that I haven't seen in an anthology as well. Um, and then, yeah, we, we, we got now the return to shadow Creek, which is going to be more horror based sort of thing. So we like, I mean, I, my personal, I've always been into like the kind of like the horror aspects of things and the, the dark and surreal, I guess, if you will. But um, yeah, that's uh, there's a lot of different ones going on there. So yeah, yeah. I wonder how that works. Always wondered how that works, how anthologies work, and kind of how they fit, or you know, what you're looking for, what you have in mind with it. Do do they need a theme, or can it be just a bunch of short stories? 
I think you do need it like there, there's always this kind of concept of like anthologies don't do very well in terms of like people actually um picking them up uh I remember when um I think it was the uh I think it was our first anthology that we did and uh we were trying to sort of get it out there into bookshops and stuff like that and um people that we were like talking to uh were essentially saying like you know anthologies don't don't really do very well um and we're like well okay i get that but like of course at the same time like i love i love a good anthology i love right i love reading short stories uh whether it be by a i think the most the kind of the concept is like if you have an author that you uh, appreciate for example um and they release a, a short story compilation or an anthology you're going to read that because of obviously because of that author whereas if you have an author or, or, or you know have a, a an anthology or by different authors there needs to be a i think there needs to be that common thread because like for example if you're a horror um uh advocate then you're obviously going to see you go on uh, amazon you see this like the best horror of 2022 yeah i'm going to read that because like you know you have these names that are pertaining to that particular genre um if you have like a theme or something, like if you just said like, uh, I don't know, um, microphone is a theme. All right, so you can have this anthology about microphones. Like it's a bit weird. So yeah, it's it's that kind of thing of like, you know, you have, I think the genre is, yeah, you're gonna have people that will pick up the book because they like sci-fi or they like romance or they like comedy or they like, uh, you know, surrealism or whatever you wanna call it sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, you, I think you do need to have a realm of. A lot of people will be like, "Here's the theme is, um, you know, birthdays." We're talking about birthday treat. There's birthdays, so the whole anthology is about, in some weird way, birthdays. But that could be then very tangent. Like basically, you could have like a very kind of like surreal birthday novel, uh, short story. You could have like a, a comedic one. That's all good. But I think then the people that are going to it kind of detaches, like because you're going to start reading. I mean, you, you've probably read like a lot of anthologies where it's been a bit mixed. And mm -hmm. that's the whole thing about anthologies, because there's going to be stories where you read and they're like, that's my best. You know, you can be like, that's a really good story, but then follow up with a story that I didn't really resonate with. And therefore, do I read, do I continue reading sort of thing? Like, it's about the kind of time that you kind of put into it sort of thing. But if you have like a defining genre, if you will, then I think people will uh, adhere to it a bit more. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. And I, I think those seeds are already germinating in your mind about birthdays. You're thinking about birthday, uh, birthday themed anthology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, that makes sense about a genre. And when you were, when you're writing your other uh, birthday treat and your, your new project, how much does that go into your decision-making process that you have to kind of gear it towards a specific genre so you can, uh, you know, so someone's looking for thrillers, they know where to, you know, they'll see it on the list or, or whatever it may be how, how important is that through your process to to kind of gear it a certain way that's a good question um i think for example for example birthday tree um i uh why it took me so long to do was because i didn't know um what kind of genre it would come under like it was it was a bit of a surreal futuristic dystopian but also there's a lot of different threads going on and I wanted to try and hit the right mark, like what you were saying about before, about the kind of the humor, for example, like, I, you know, is the humor. So there was, for me personally, um, 
that was the hardest thing to kind of try and amalgamate all these things together into one that didn't make it too much because obviously a lot of books a lot of things get pigeonholed into a certain thing and that's fine um that's why i think with my next one it is going to be horror based because i know that like um for my mental perspective of actually writing it i'll be like right this is what i want to do this is what i need to do da, 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 da. um with birthday treat it was a bit more experimental i guess and sometimes with experimentation some things work some things don't you have to kind of throw things out you, you know you kind of like let things gestate for a while so that's why it took so long um yeah i think there I, I think if um if any person who is writing something who wants to write a story i think definitely need to pin down like a like a tent peg like you'd be like right this is what i'm this is where i'm going this is the, this is the direction where i'm going and it'll just make your life so much easier i think at the end of the day uh because like you don't i'm very scattergun i'm very kind of shotgun in terms of my thoughts and stuff like that if this interview hasn't already kind of like perceived that um but like yeah i i, I kind of i i transition from like one thing to another like very quickly and that's not the best thing sometimes um so yeah you know it's funny because i, I keep hearing in the last couple of years or so I've, i keep hearing people say that genres are a thing of the past that genres don't matter anymore that it, it's everything is everything and you, it's a story can be every genre smashed together and it's okay but when now that i i hear more about the business side of it and getting it getting the visibility on, or getting people's eyeballs on the book so they can be aware that it's out there to begin with genres are very important so it's 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 a funny how you know a lot of people you know I've heard, i heard a lot of people say genres are you know the, doesn't matter but it does they do really matter mm. unless, unless i guess then yeah no, definitely. Like, um, like you said, like, uh, it's especially from a self-publishing sort of like game. You need to you need to um, use all the tricks of the trade, I guess. Um, I, I I don't do it. Um, I'm 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 really bad at it, sort of thing. I need to. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hire someone to like be my marketing person because I, I I personally can't do it. Um, I don't I don't blow my own trumpet enough, sort of thing. I I'm, I'm very aware of this very aware of that fact so um yeah no definitely like um yeah people who are um wanting to uh write a particular thing yeah definitely get into those kind of like horror or, let's just take horror for example like get into those kind of communities get into those groups um chat with like like-minded people sort of thing um because that's the way that happens kind of thing um i myself need to take my own advice because i don't do it sort of thing um at the end of the day i just i just enjoy writing sort of thing but also at the same time it's like when you've written like a kind of 300 400 page type novel and you kind of put it out there you just don't want to be like well i've done that now no one's going to see it yeah exactly you yeah. want people to read it need, yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah and would you recommend uh i'm not sure if this is something you would recommend it having done as well but uh, do you recommend joining like a like a writers association or like the H what is HWA like horror writers association is is that um, um... yeah I mean I guess um, you can't it's, it's like anything like in that respect of it's a it's a weird one I think because if you get you can 
because there's there's obviously another kind of bracket of uh, tools that you can use to kind of like for your own for your own stuff. Um, personally, I don't adhere to that myself, mm. only because of the fact that you know I I, I you know I'm on, like for example on Facebook and stuff like that. I'm part of groups and stuff like that, and it's interesting to see certain things. I just don't really join in yeah um not in a not saying in a bad way or anything like that it's just that i just don't yeah i don't for me it's 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 not for me personally hmm. but for more as i said once again i'm lazy and i'm apathetic so like um there are there are probably gonna be people that are like you know really gunning for it wanting to do it go for it do it yeah why not I wonder if, if those groups aren't for you because you already have that support system with Storgy and you already have people you're close to that are writers and that that's probably fills that role for you, I would guess. Well, it's it's that's that's a weird one in itself as well, because um, we I wanted to kind of like um, the, the for example, Birthday Tree is not published by Storgy. Um, I wanted to kind of make it very kind of like myself ross and tom when we first started this we were like um my kind of thing was like we don't want to, it doesn't want to become like a vanity project so anything that we write isn't going to be published by storgy um mm -hmm. either we do it ourselves or we have uh agents or whatever sort of thing um and that was that was a very for me personally that was a very kind of poignant sort of like thing because like yeah with with storgy you know we've built up a bit of a you know, with a fan base of writers and stuff like that, we've also built up a lot of um, uh, people who are in the industry and stuff like that as well. But also at the same time, uh, we, you know, it, it got to the point of like, you know, we'd rather like publish other people's works because we want to be perceived as a publisher rather than <laughs> throwing our own things out there. Um, and yeah, it, it has been a kind of point of contention. To, hmm. to certain degrees I, I guess because like at the end of the day like um you know uh i think with myself was birthday treat i i never wanted it to go through storgy because i think that would be personally i think that would be um a bit of a vanity thing and it would be like well you know if it, hmm. if, it, if it has legs then it will stand on its own sort of thing um so yeah yeah hmm. interesting and we were uh, speaking of uh, horror, like the HWA. You know, are you going? I know this is probably a long shot, but are you are you going to StokerCon? Um, where was that? Be like, I know because like because um, Ross was uh, so his last year was it last year? Yeah, last year his his um, his novella. He he was on the um, Stoker Awards. Um, where is where is it being held this year? It's in Denver, Colorado. Oh, America. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I'll be making it to America, but I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be online. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just because uh, I'm I'm heading that way in uh, May. So. Oh, nice. So you're gonna you're gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with the. Are they having like a fit because I know like obviously because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. But so they actually having like the actual event thing happening there then. Yeah, there's a there there is oh, an online cool. version, but there is uh, in person. Oh, so they'll have the ah. Oh, that's really good. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, well, keep me up to date on that. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd love to know more about that. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's funny because I had been talking with Daniel Barnett 
out through Daniel Burnett about going and we just ended up uh, planning a trip. So I'm going to drive up there Love and it. Uh, yeah, it'd be fun. Fun few days. Where are you based then? Sort of how long, how far is it for you to go? It's about a seven hour drive for me one way. Yeah. Road trip then? Yeah, road trip. But we, it, long weekend road trip. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just don't want to fly. I, just, I yeah, I don't want to do hey, all that. Take it easy. Yeah, just go on the yeah on the highway. I like I like road trip. I did a lot of business travel for many many years, so I'm I'm fine with not flying, especially now. When is that happening then? It is May 11th, I think, or at least I'm leaving May 11th. Okay. But I thought I thought I'd ask maybe uh you know. It's, I know it's a it's a long it's a long trip for you, but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I'll probably be able to make it to like yeah, probably not this year. But who knows? Hmm. Maybe next maybe next year when I have my horror thing out next year. If it gets nominated, then we'll see. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought it was a long shot, but you know, yeah, was... be great to meet up with you though. Like in terms of like you know just going out and. Uh, China fat and everything like that sort of thing. So, um, but I don't, I don't know when. I don't have any plans to go to America this year. But you never when know. Was last, when, when was the last time you've been here? I've never been to America. Oh, you never have. Okay. No. So it, it'll be like a new experience for me. Be like nice. a kind of uh, you know, Wizard of Oz type of uh, following <laughs> the yellow brick road type thing going on. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's, uh, you know, I've never been in the UK, so one of these days we'll head out there. Well, if you ever decide to come to the UK, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to give you the the whole tour of the pub, everywhere pub. you want to go. Whatever yeah. you want to do, it's all good, Steve. And, and, and the pub the pub thing is a real, it's a real thing, right? It's it's really, people, you really take it seriously, the the pub. The pub uh, What's the pub thing? Just like it's it's like this event and it's like a let's go to the pub. It's like a it's um it's a yeah, it's, it's like a social gathering. It's like yeah. a it's a way of like just um I, yeah we uh you know friends we just go to the pub. That's where we chat and just catch up and you know talk about everything life. Yeah. yeah. What's uh, what's your favorite type of beer at the pub? What's your drink? I don't drink beer, so oh. I drink whiskey. Or wine. So yeah, uh, beer is too like uh, um, that. The beer is like the last resort for me. Um, yeah, it, and it passes right through me as well. It gets embarrassing going to the toilet every like ten minutes when you're at a table. Um, so no whiskey, whiskey, whiskey's my my game, if you will. What uh, what, what kind of whiskey or what what what's your daily daily sipper? Well. Um, a lot of connoisseurs of whiskey will hate me, but but I like Bell's. I like Bell's whiskey or Powers mm. Irish whiskey. Um, they're like the the kind of minion sort of like whiskeys. They're like the but that's what that's what that's what I like. Um, I, other than that, a good Malbec, like a good red wine, like a good uh, yeah fruity red wine. That will get me through the night sort of thing. So yeah. yeah. What's your what's your special occasion whiskey? Oh, um, I don't know if it's a special occasion, but like, uh, so my girlfriend did get me this. Um, I don't know how good it is, but I'll show you. This is an Irish whiskey. 
but I've been saving this. I don't know if it's it's called Writer's Tears. Hmm. Nice. Uh, it's an Irish whiskey triple distilled. Um, I, I'm. I, it's that what? It's that weird thing now. But I don't know if it's like I'm saving it for like a, a special occasion. But like, <laughs> what is the special occasion? I wait for it to do like to, to kind of knock it out. You know what I mean? And it's got like its own little hip flask thing. That's cool. I don't know about hip flasks. I never understood hip flasks. That's Why are you a... going to take a hip flask somewhere? Like, if you're going to like a stadium or something like that, you like it's going to do you like that. You, it's not going to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's whiskey on the go. Whiskey on the go. So that's that. Yeah. So, but I don't know when that's gonna. I don't know when that's gonna be opened. It's, it's <laughs> now, and I, I felt like I've kind of set it on a pedestal. So it's like, when is the kind of the time that's going to be to to open it? Well, it is called Writer's Tears, so you think it'd be fitting to drink it when your anthology is done, when after you've edited it. Well, maybe, maybe then. I tell you what, the next time uh, when the anthology is done, and uh, I'll be back on your channel again. Okay, Steve, I'm going to hold you, you to that. The, the next anthology. I'm going to hold I you to that. I will crack it open then with us. Okay, I'll have some whiskey. I'll have some special occasion whiskey on my side and. And we'll enjoy some some whiskey and talk about the anthology. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> don't you can't, you can't tell me things like that. So I'm gonna be bothering you here in a month or two. No bother at all. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So I always like to. I have a few questions that I like to ask everyone before I before I let you go because I know it's getting late for you. Yeah, no worries. The uh, one of the one of the, the first question was, do you have any favorite family recipes? Ooh. Favorite family recipes. Um hmm. <laughs> this isn't a fam uh, a favorite family recipe sort of per se, but um my my dad uh always made us a, a particularly spicy spag bowl. Spag bowl. Yeah, spaghetti bolognese. And oh. it's not it's not like um, you know, it's not like uh there's no like uh flavoring or anything like that. It was just the way he made it. I think it's that kind of thing of like, you know, when you if you have like family that make you a, a dish, a kind of traditional dish, um, independent of where like, you know, if you're from like Spain or you know, you're from France or whatever sort of thing, there'll be like a particular like nuance to it sort of thing. I don't know. My dad just always did this kind of like spag bowl thing that was has always stuck with me. Um, so whenever I make a spag bowl, uh, it's always something that I uh, add some flavorings to and stuff like that to like inspire the recipe sort of thing to to kind of make it more. And, and I know it's like a traditional thing. It's not. It's not particularly uh, <laughs> hard to make. For example, you put in spaghetti in thing, you put meat in there thing, but it's, there's a there's a good combination. You can make it. You can make it. Mm. Really nice, yeah. So, so how do you make it? You don't leave me suspend. Well, I can't give you the secret recipes, but there's there's certain spices that are, that are laden with the the meats kind of thing, and it has to be done at a certain. There's certain sauces that go in as well. Maybe <laughs> that I, I should have led with that. I should have led with there's a particular self sauce. Mm. Okay. I can't give you the recipe though. It's the kernel secret recipe, you know. Well, when I go to the UK, I expect a, a traditional spag bowl. Steve, you come round, oh, you'll be sorted. Okay, I will right. sort you out with the self spag bowl. Okay. And the uh, the next question was, 
if the zombie apocalypse happened today, what would be your weapon of choice? Wow. Um, it'd have to be silent, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it'd have to be a blade. It'd have to be like a kind of like axe type thing. Um, if I hold up, if I like held up in my house here, sort of thing, in my flat at the moment, uh, I'm quite good because I'm, we've got, uh, where I'm living at the moment is like that kind of like one uh, terrace, like, so it's like one flat downstairs, one upstairs. I'm the upstairs one. So and there's two doors to get through. So there's some barricades going on, but the weapon, hmm. Yeah, it'd have to be a blade, sharp blade, uh, almost like an axe. Um, are we talking about like weapons that we have in our house or uh, my dream weapon sort of thing? Uh, either one. Okay. If it was a weapon around the house, <laughs> I'm just looking around now. Uh, I don't think I actually have anything too good. No, have you It'd have to be like a knife from the kitchen, um, but that would get blunt. Um, I would like to go with a type of, yeah, like an axe, like a hatchet, like Walking Dead style hatchet, like Rick Grimes in the early year, uh, sort of like graphic novel, sort of like, because that's, it's easy, it's compact, and it can do the damage it needs to do, and you can like run away. <laughs> But I don't. I don't have a hatchet. I need to get a hatchet. I go to the DIY store tomorrow. I'm going to get a hatchet. You got to be prepared. And the uh, wait. So the follow up to that is, I get and made me think of it when you talked about your flat. Is would you hunker down and stay put, or would you keep moving? Oh, um, I know. Like with you know the kind of Brad Pitt like World War Z sort of like was like you've got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. Moving is living. Yeah. Uh, no, I would hunker down. I would hunker down completely here. Because I feel like this is the best place to be. Um, I always had that kind of contingency plan. I think I, I wrote like a short story about it. It's called the zombie contingency plan, where a guy meets a girl at a birthday party uh, or some party sort of thing. They're talking about this stuff. And he basically says, like, so if the zombie apocalypse, uh, apocalypse broke out, like, what, where would you go? Like, what would you do? And um, it would be like from... From here, for example, in my place, for so there's a window like right here. You can't see it, but like um, there, I would create like a zip line <laughs> for like the, the yeah. I thought no, about this stuff. So there'd be like a zip line that goes down to like a neighbor's house where they have a jacuzzi. Don't know why that's relevant, but there's a jacuzzi there. So just in case the the last if if the zombie infected broke through. I'm like, oh no, I gotta go. My hatch is not working anymore. Jump out the window, zip line down, jacuzzi. Hey, mm. have a good time. Have a good little, little soak. Um, but also at the same time, um, yeah, I think you've got to have that kind of like uh you've got to ha- have the height. I don't know why I liken a zombie apocalypse to a tsunami, but like the higher you get, the better you are. That's how I feel. Um, so I think that if you're in a place where You've got enough food. And I think I would have enough. I think I've got enough stuff in the house at the moment to do. I think I can get away with a month mm. eating wise. If I if I ration it out, maybe two months. Um, but then water is fine, right? Because like water's water's mm. not gonna turn off. So water's fine. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I'd 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 hold in for a bit. Until I and then I'd get like a CB radio and from somewhere, 
I'd go down to the jacuzzi, get the CB radio, come back up. I don't know. And then I'd find out where the the the, the safe haven is and then, mm. then travel. Then you travel. have to wait like because if you think about the zombies that are like the 28 days later ones that are like really like animated and like you know, after a couple of months the joints start seizing up and then they'll become like shambling zombies. And then you're like, then you then you have more of a chance to like just twat them away with you go. Like, <laughs> the next question was uh what was what was your first job first job wow uh <laughs> uh first job was shelf stacker at safeways now morrison's in the uk but uh safeways is where it used to where it used to be um yeah 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 um yeah wow uh like what you 15 16 um just getting that part-time job when you're at school and you're like i'm independent i can make yeah. money by myself i can get 200 pounds a week yay uh it was that it was that kind of thing yeah so um no I, i've uh met a lot of friends like still now long lifetime friends from working at safeways uh hmm. so i used to live in uh acton was where I used to um, live, basically, uh, my my hometown, essentially. And there was like the 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 shopping mall, if you will, uh, was the Safeways. Uh, we didn't we didn't have that American thing where like people like just hang out there. It wasn't that kind of like place. But um, yeah, no shelf stacker. And then uh, was on the tills, was on the meat and dairy aisle, uh, face stacking. Oh, that was the thing. I had this kind of opinion where every job has a what I now consider called face stacking. So at the end of the shift, if you're working a late shift, um, which would basically be like three o'clock in the morning or whatever, because you have to get all the stuff out for the people that come in in the morning. Um, there was this one thing you had to do, and that was like basically bring all the... So, you know, like when you go into a supermarket and you have the things at the back, uh, mm. which are like the sell-by date is like tomorrow. Yeah. You need to bring that at the front sort of thing. So the job was basically at the end of the night, whatever the shift was, you had to go in and you had to bring all these things at the front so that obviously the company wouldn't, you know, lose the money and stuff. It was called face up. And I've, it's the most tedious, ridiculous fucking thing. Um, <laughs> because at the end of the day, like the person that comes in tomorrow, they just take off the thing. And then within like half an hour, the face up is completely null and void. Um, but I've always said like in any job that I've had, there's always been like a, a face up mm. element to it. And I think that's true to this day. Um, it's, it, there's a point of any person's job that there's a tedious part of it. that are like, oh, I don't really want to do this. This is the most tedious thing, but there's always that element of it. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That's a good one. Face up. Hmm stuff not face off not like the face, uh face up. yeah i want to take his face off yeah face off yeah that's a, that's a different kind of part of the safeways motto that we did mm -hmm. um so we would we would basically go into a uh room and we would duel <laughs> to the death to the death and you take the person's face off and wear it on yourself <laughs> you, uh, you, supermarkets supermarkets in the uk do not mess around huh that's we don't we don't we don't fuck around yeah. safeways didn't 
That's why I changed the Morrisons. There was there was too many uh, cases that came too out. Mi- too many missing people. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> too many missing people. Too many missing faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to cover it up, it's a conspiracy. I've still got away with it for now, so it's all good. Yeah, it's another short story collection you can start on. <laughs> that, that would actually be quite good. So that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have, you have two new ideas for anthologies now. There you go. I'll say it, yeah. yeah. The supermarket so, sweep. There you go, yeah. There you go. Like That's a, There you go. You already have a title. So I know you're, you're bad at tooting your own horn, but if people want to find you or your work, where can they find you? Um, if people want to find me on Amazon, they want to get birthday treat um, to find a dystopian sort of uh, story, then you can go on Amazon, just birthday treat by Anthony Self. Uh, I'm Mr. Selfie on Twitter. I think that's it, really. I'm not um, not really an Instagram-y sort of person. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter, and I, you know, I'm not really that. I'm not really that kind of vocal on Twitter either. I like to, I like to promote other people. I like to. Um, like uh retweet other people's things people of uh much higher stature and stuff like that i i prefer to do that kind of stuff rather than write my own things because i'll just write some really weird shit basically and people won't really know what's going on so uh but yeah mr selfie on twitter but on amazon birthday treat uh and storgy of course as well uh if you want to read a lot of short stories we've got like a whole collection we've got a whole archive of short stories there now sort of thing and interviews with uh uh, famous uh, writers and everything like that as well, and reviews of books as well. So um, yeah, there's that element of it as well. So yeah, and I will add all those links uh, in down below in, in the description on YouTube or on the podcast in the uh, description uh, for the episode. So it's always a pleasure talking to you. And like I said, I didn't even prepare for it because I knew we'd just find stuff to talk about. So that's what I love. Yeah, like I love talking to you, Steve, like because like we can just like chat the fat sort of thing and we can talk about zombie apocalypse stuff stuff things. And yeah. I love those questions. I love it. I love it. It's great. It makes me think as well. It's like, oh what would I do in this kind of scenario? So yeah. So I'm I have video evidence, video and audio evidence that you were we're gonna crack that bottle of whiskey open together. So yes. Right okay. as tears. We're gonna do it when the anthology okay. comes out. Me and you right. the next time we do this, uh we'll have the whiskeys. Um Okay. All right. It's, it's, it's in stone. All right. I want to hold you to it. So thanks again for, uh, I know it's late for you, but thanks for staying up and chatting with me. I, I always appreciate it. It's always, it's no always problem. fun. Lovely. Lovely. It was lovely. And I, I love your channel, Steve. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, what you're doing is really fucking awesome. Uh, I love the kind of like, uh, authors that you're sort of interviewing. And if anyone's watching sort of thing, subscribe, uh, listen, it's great. You're, you're, you're a great, like you're, 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 no, I'm not saying this in a kind of but like you, you you kind of get to that kind of like point of like you read the stuff that people uh do and you uh you're a great interviewer as well and you're very melody voice as well timbre and your voice is great uh, uh it's, it's I have no idea what I'm doing so thank you for good <laughs> you're doing good man I love it I have no idea I have no idea what I'm doing I'm just I'm just having fun so that's it's working out okay that's what we gotta do that's it that's it that's what it's all about so thanks everybody for uh for watching and listening and we'll we'll see you next time to crack that bottle of whiskey <laughs> look forward to it take care